I had no idea what to expect as my small plane took off from O'Hare and made its way to the Springfield-Branson Airport. I remember nervously scribbling down all the facts on the vomit bag that the airline had provided. I had a perfectly good notebook in my backpack, but I think I wanted to use the paper sack out of fear that I may need it. I had never done this before. I had no idea what to expect. But here's what I did know. The eye was found missing on Tuesday. The last time it was taken out of the case was the previous Saturday, when a church group asked to see it. This left a three-day window for the eye to have been stolen. Technically, however, it was a two-day window since PGA and most of the town of Purdy, for that matter, is closed on Sundays. Only five people had access to the case. Leo, Norma B., Rita, Ennis, and Cheyenne. Both Leah and Norma were out of town that weekend, and Cheyenne and Ennis seemed innocent when I had spoken to both of them on the phone. Plus, Ennis was terrified of the eye. That really only left Rita, but to me, someone who was manager of a place for more than 10 years would be an unlikely person to steal from it. They all seemed like dead ends. And then there was the mystery of Dutch. The only thing I knew for certain about Dutch was that things got rocky between him and Leo. But what exactly happened? Could it have been so bad that he'd want to get revenge on Leo? What better way to get back at your enemy than stealing what might just be their most valued possession? I was hoping this trip would provide some answers. I was also hoping that Leo had no idea I was pursuing Dutch. I hadn't mentioned it to him yet, and I was wary to. From what I could tell, the mere mention of Dutch brought back years of unwanted memories. I'd have to go about this carefully. I was by no means an investigative journalist, and if you learn anything from this episode, it said I'm still not. I'm Corbin Eaton, and this is A Pretty Good Story. That was a fight. The Branson Springfield Airport was nothing to brag about, but Leo commanded the room in such a way that it seemed as if I had returned from war. I suppose that's just Leo, though. He had a way about him that I couldn't quite put my finger on. On the phone, he was extremely talkative, and in person, it was amplified by ten. He wore a neatly trimmed peppered beard and the darkest hair I had ever seen on a man of his age, which, I assume, was somewhere between 50 to 65. I hate to admit that I had expected different, but I was surprised with how well he kept himself. He kept his car even nicer, which was ironic since he stopped to get Arby's no more than 15 minutes after we left the airport. Uh, and a large coat? You sure you don't want anything, Corbin? It's my treat. No, I'm good. Uh, thank you, though. Suit yourself. No, that'll be it. Thank you. You know, I had a completely different picture in my mind of what you were supposed to look like. No, it was completely different. Oh, yeah? Uh, what did you imagine I looked like? You ever seen Tom and Jerry? That old cartoon? Of course. Wait, you thought I looked like a cat? <laughs> no, the mouse. Now, I think that one was Jerry. <laughs> Why would you think of me as that? You know what it is? It would just seem really smart to me. You know, like you got it all figured out. So, you know, that, that mouse had it all figured out. So, you know, take it as a compliment if you want. But I think you're going to help us buckloads with this whole mess. Get some good attention, too. Well, thank you for that. I hope I can. As we drove into town, we passed trailer parks and rundown homes. Leo pointed out which ones were special to him. And I got my first blowjob in that one there. At the center of town, there stood a massive water tower with the word Purdy written on the side. 
next to a beautifully painted bald eagle. That's the big old water tower. Wait, you painted that? Yes, sir. It was a bitch to get on top and having to keep going down to get more paint. Certainly wouldn't do it again, let me tell you. Leo, that's a great painting. I had no idea you were an artist. Ah, that's nothing. Not an artist, really. Just a little side hobby, that's all. Hey, we're here. The store was a large spanning warehouse, just as I had seen in the commercial. It hadn't really changed much aside from the faded paint and the absence of a co-owner. Inside, it was a labyrinth. We spent the first few minutes wandering the hallways and talking with some of the employees I had spoken with on the phone. Rita, Cheyenne, Ennis, and PB. It was pleasant finally getting to meet them all face to face, and for the sake of time, I'll just say that they look exactly how they sound. This is where it was and always has been. It was a small glass case that stood atop its own shelf. A framed picture of Sammy Davis Jr. sat next to it. The lock itself didn't appear to have been broken, which meant that it was left unlocked by one of PGA's trusted employees. Either way, Leo was ready to fire someone, and he reminded me of that constantly throughout the day. That eye means more to me than you don't know. I don't care who took it. They're going to feel it when I'm done with them. Well, hopefully it doesn't need to come to that. Maybe it was all a misunderstanding. Misunderstanding? Horse shit! That makes as much sense as tits on a bull. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm here to help you figure this out. I know I'd like to start by speaking with some people I haven't talked to yet. I know Norma would be good. Dutch, too. Uh, I didn't mean to say that. How do you know about him? Um, oh, I was doing some research on PGA. I found an old commercial you two had done. Nobody else told you about him? No. Uh, why? Usually, I try not to lie, but as I stood there as a makeshift journalist, breaking whatever journalistic code it was, I decided, for the sake of Cheyenne and PB, it was okay this time. Who is Dutch to you? I don't really think that's important. Just a past employee. I had to fire him for a heap of shit. Uh, what kind of shit? Killed a man. He's crazy and I don't appreciate you asking about it, so why don't you drop it? Fucker's a psycho. At that moment, I realized I was severely underprepared. I had just traveled to a small town in the middle of nowhere and planned to interview a supposed killer about his mortal enemy. Maybe this was karma getting back at me for lying. I didn't have too much time to figure it out, though. PB had arrived to take me to Dutch's property. Y'all ready to go? PB had lied and told Leo that he was going to give me the grand tour of Purdy. I didn't feel comfortable lying twice to Leo, but I didn't seem to have a choice. I just hoped karma would be a little kinder to me this time around. So, Leo had mentioned something about Dutch killing someone? Yeah? Do you know anything about that? Why don't you ask him yourself when we get there? I'm not sure that's the best idea. Just a random stranger showing up to his doorstep asking about a murder? Uh, that doesn't sound safe. Ha! <laughs> well, you'll find out. Dutch's land stood on the outskirts of Barry County. He owned a beautiful landscape full of rolling hills, surrounded by a wooded forest. If I was to ever be killed for asking too many questions, this would be a perfect place to do it. As we pulled up to a ranch-style house, a man opened up the screen door, took a sip of his coffee, and waved to us. He wore camo overalls and a Bass Pro hat over wiry gray hair. This was Dutch. He walked us around his property and told me about how he maintains it, how he's always maintained it ever since he was a boy learning from a single mother. It was her father's land before her, three generations of land, and I was standing on it with a man who didn't even seem like he could hurt a fly. But I'd get to that. We eventually sat down on his kitchen table. He offered me a drink. Moondew? Yeah, I'll take one. Carbon, want one? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. So, Dutch. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, you used to co-own PGA, is that right? I helped found the place with Leo. We started it as a little... 
Are <clears throat> uh, you okay there? It wasn't Mountain Dew. Uh, what, what is this? <laughs> My apologies. That's Mountain Dew with a little bit of moonshine mixed in. Real big drink around here. You gonna be okay? Yeah, all good. I just wasn't ready for that. I'm sorry. Um, continue, you were saying? I mean, that's pretty much it. We were real good buds back then. We worked great together. What happened? Bob Seeger. Uh, what? Hey, Dutch, tell him about, well, Corbeer's been hearing how you killed a man. Oh, we don't need to go over that right now. No, no, it's fine by me. Not much of a story. Guessing Leo told you that. He did. Well, he ain't wrong. Just likes to twist the details a bit and paint me out to be something I ain't. And what are you? A veteran. Vietnam? That's right. Gave me a lot of stories. A lot that I shared with Leo. He seems to only remember the ones that made me look bad, though. Yeah, I killed. Did a lot of that. But it's in the past, and you've got to keep on. What about the good ones? Pardon? The stories that make you look good. Any of those you mind sharing? Dutch went on to share an hour and 15 minutes worth of war stories. One of my favorite goes like this. I'm in a tree, camping out, waiting. When I feel a pain like I never felt before in my life... This bugger bit me right here in the arm. Put a hole in my arm. This one right here. Oh, God. I stitched that. Now, it's not plastic surgeon quality, but I took care of it. I couldn't see the space between my fingers. My arm swelled up so bad, and I've got the centipede millipede thing pinned to the branch. Put my K-bar through his head. If you had fallen or a piece of him, they would have looked up. So I'm stuck in that branch all night long. They get up to leave below me. Never saw me, Asian little bastards. So here it comes. Sunrise. I acquire my target. Lorenzo gives me elevation. Wind. He was so deadly. He does trig in his head. If he sees a leaf moving, he knows the fucking windage. But the fucker is scared to death of insects, leeches, and certainly that thing. And I take the shot. I jump out of the tree, and I got no legs. No way. <laughs> they fell asleep. And now they're shooting this way, mortars and crap. And he gets me by the belt, back of the neck, and I'm trying to push on my legs, and I still got this fucking centipede. Lorenzo drops me. I pull out my pistol and say, I'm going to shoot you, fucker, if you don't pick me up. Because I got to bring this thing back, and they got to know what the fucking poison in my body is. And we finally got out of there in one piece. We took a little shrapnel, but not much. We got back to base. I make him hold that thing while I took a picture. Here, I got it right here somewhere. Dutch pulls out his wallet and shows off a photo of a man, Lorenzo, holding a two-foot-long centipede. I wish I'd gotten a copy of the photo. And then, as I sit next to a now-passed-out PB, I'm reminded of something that Dutch had mentioned earlier. When I asked what happened between you and Leo, you told me Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger, that's correct. What does that mean? I went to a Bob Seeger concert up in Kansas City with Leo. He got me tickets for my birthday. So we drove up and headed on over. We get there and immediately Leo is acting all weird. Bastard said he had to go to the head, so he left and never came back. That was before Bob even came on. I waited for him. Didn't know if he was sick or dead. I was the last to leave the concert, and when I went to the parking lot, his car was gone. 
I had to call my cousin over in Spring Hill to come pick me up. Did you know where he went? Of course I do. I knew the moment I saw the car was missing. He was across the river at the casino, son of a bitch. Did you ever... You know, I get it. To an extent. It's fun. You get the rush. But Leo's got an addiction. There's no other way to put it. I left the next day. PGA, that is. Can't be working alongside that. I'd known about it before. Hell, I tried to get him help loads of times. He didn't want it. Started pointing fingers. I already told you he fired me. <laughs> yeah, that's rich. I had no idea he was a gambling addict. He uses that damn eye as collateral on bets. You believe that? And that's why I'm down here. To find out what happened with the eye. I haven't set foot in that warehouse in a decade. If I did, trust me, you'd know about it. Just be careful with Leo. I'm not trying to suggest anything, but I guarantee he knows more than he's telling you. That's insane. I don't know what to say. I have to talk to him about this. Well, watch out whenever you do. Someone like that, they got tunnel vision. Yeah, I guess you're right. Wake up, idiot. You like this. <laughs> well, I got that tractor out there. One spring, I'm out there and I see this fox scurry out of the woods. Foxes can be cute and all, but they ain't. Most of them have got rabies, and this one did for sure. How'd you know? Because it was attacking my tire like it was a T-bone steak. So I get off the tractor, and it doesn't even notice I'm off. And the fucker is still going to town on this tire. What'd you do? Yeah, what'd you do? I took my baseball bat and bashed his head. Oh. With a baseball bat? Damn! Tunnel vision. Just focused on one thing. That's how Leo is. Always has been. So, I guess, carry a bat. My conversation with Dutch told me more about Leo than I had gotten over the countless phone calls we had leading up to my trip to Purdy. On the drive home, PB confirmed all of them. He'd been living in their guest house since he graduated high school. And to be honest, I didn't know how to feel. I felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. I didn't know exactly what I would say, but I knew I had to bring it up. So PB dropped me back off at PGA that evening. When I walked in, it was a quarter past close, but the lights in Leo's office were still on. In retrospect, I should have knocked. In about one second, you'll understand why. Hey, Leo. I need to... I am so sorry. God damn it! Shut up, Rita! Hey. Hey, Corbin. Uh, Leo, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to... But you didn't see nothing. So he's got no reason to apologize. Um, yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm gonna head back to your place with PB then. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, Norma should be home. She'll fix you up something nice. Okay. Awesome. See you in a bit. Shit. <laughs>